0: And more. He's got more books than a comic store. From X-Men to Fantastic Four, all the sagas he's explored. It's time to check in with Comic Man. man we got Comic
1: Man on the line. Comic Man, what's up, man? Gentlemen, what's going on tonight?
2: Oh, not too much. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. I just uh, applied for a job to be a head co- a coach of a JV softball team. Oh. So uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> awesome. Stepping you, back onto the field. You never yeah. learn. You? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I you know, last time it was you know, I, I did you know, eight to eleven year olds. Now I'll have like you know, ordinary fourteen year olds. Phr- so you know, <laughs> phrasing
3: phrasing is important. That's yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. That- Chris- yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. We'll yeah. see what happens. I'll find out next week. That's they're, great. That's they're awesome they're
2: getting towards that point or point of their career where they can like, hey, I want to do this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just like a game, you know? They can, well, they yeah,
1: can... it's, it, and and you know, they, the, apparently their their coach resigned like two weeks ago. Mm. So I heard I had heard some rumors for a while. They were kind of like, this is at my daughter's high school. So I had I heard some rumors for a while that they were kind of needing people so okay. I reached out when when Anna went out for uh, cheerleading over the summer I kind of like pl- planted the seeds like hey if you need someone I'm available and then yeah I get an email yesterday saying hey you want to come in tomorrow and talk I was like yes
0: cool yeah. <laughs> awesome so that's really
1: cool <laughs> So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I have to get fingerprinted tomorrow, you know, as part of the whole protocol yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. so. I, I,
3: I just did that myself for my uh, volunteer position. Had to go in there and get fingerprinted. Definitely fun. They're like, they're yeah, like that's gonna, the usual. We're going to fingerprint and run our background check. Is that okay? And I said, I would hope that you yeah, would do that. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah.
0: I, I, was, I was like, worried, dude,
1: right? I've worked I've worked in the White House, the Pentagon, Lockheed yeah. Martin. I can't be more background checked than I am. So, I know, right? I do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it. That's funny. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, no, it's, yeah, I, I hope you would do a background check. Yes, exactly. Um,
3: yeah, but uh, so for uh, this week, we thought it would be kind of fun. Uh, for Brews News and Reviews, we were just talking a couple minutes yeah. ago. And uh, yeah. Keith mentioned that uh, we've got uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth Part 1 an animated film coming out. So I guess it's probably going to be uh, you know maybe a two-parter, maybe a three-parter. It's going to be know. a
1: trilogy. It's oh, going to okay. be a trilogy. Oh, well, yeah. awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and and so you know things kind of vary from uh, you know there's no two versions of the same story that are exactly the same because you know, I know for example like uh, you know I I read Flashpoint back when it came out mm-hmm. and then I read and then I watched uh, you know the animated movie and then I watched you know the Flash movie Flashpoint which you know drastically different obviously oh yeah. Um, so I think, like, the animated movie got probably way closer to the actual comic book than anything else. So yeah, right on. Um, yeah, so the animated movies, I think, feel like it has a tendency to stay a little bit tr- more true to the source material as opposed to, like, other other versions of it. You know, for example, um, you know, I know you, you saw the CW's version of Crisis – and uh, that was kind of cool, getting to see some old familiar faces come in there, and
1: uh, yeah, and that was that was a lot of fun overall. They really, I, I have to say, that was, I at the time when it came out, I, I feel like that was kind of like the best comic book movie that came out that year because yeah. like, they really. They 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 wasted no time. It didn't feel like they, they used to do crossovers every year, right? And they always felt like this is the Flash episode. This is the Green Hour episode. Right. That was the first time where it felt like each episode was actually part of like a, a more cohesive thing, mm-hmm. where it just happened to be broken up into you know several hours. But it wasn't just like this episode's all about this one character. This one's all about this one. Everyone got the spotlight like yeah. as 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 the story warranted. It was really cool. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, cool. Well, and we thought it would be a good time for uh, you know just sit down with you maybe because like honestly, I never read Crisis. Um, that's one of, the, Dude. one of the I know I never read. I'm sorry. Be better. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we figured. I, I said you know this would be a good opportunity to have Charles chime in and you know for if you're out there and you're listening and you're you're excited about Crisis and you you want to watch it, but you want to kind of you know know what you're getting into a little bit. Like let's uh, let's do a review of the Cliff Notes of. Uh, the the OG crisis on Infinite Earths.
0: All right, all right,
1: all, all right.
0: So well, <laughs> yeah, let's jump in. Yeah, here we go. Really, you're like, you're, like, you're yeah. thinking like, where the hell do I? Well, start it's, with it's, this?
1: it's well, like, well, like right now, like in in 2023, like crossover events are all comics do. Like every exactly. every, it's it's they're all over the place. But like back in the 80s. They didn't have them. '84 was the first time we got like a really big crossover, and that was Secret Wars by mm-hmm. Marvel. Oh,
0: cool! And that okay.
1: was, you know, Mar- that was that was Marvel heroes and villains being transported to this battle world by this creature called the Beyonder, mm-hmm. who was just making them fight, you know, just just for his amusement, pretty much. Right. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and, was but more that's powerful. where we got the yeah, yeah and that's what, but that's where we got the black costume that wound up being Venom. <laughs> yeah, that's where we got Jessica Drew, Spider Woman, appeared in there. We got, we got, we got a lot of things that came out of that, but it really showed that there was a market for kind of like taking like all of your superhero toys and smashing them together in your bedroom, you know, (laughs) it kind of showed that this, this was that in a comic book form. mm -hmm. And then like the year afterwards, DC had had an issue with having multiple earths. That was a big thing. That was a lot more prevalent in DC comics than Marvel. Mm -hmm. They had already had the golden age characters um the justice society eric the original flash <coughs> alan scott the original green lantern um you know though all those guys and they had met they had had this you know famous crossover where you know our barry allen who was the really the first flash that we know of in the silver age met the golden age one and they established that they were on earth two and we were earth one oh. so so like they but marv wolfman and george perez they were the architects of this you know of crisis of the Infinite oh. earths like george for who recently but, passed away yeah, you I, know those who don't I, I met, know i met him Legendary. several
3: times and he was actually like one of the nicest guys i've ever met yeah before. he's
1: he's just genuine genuine great deal you know mm. the the industry and the world lost a severe talent with with, oh, yeah. with his passing mm. Um, mm. but like he was the artist on that marv wolfman was was the, the point person for the writing and he felt that the the multiverse was maybe a little bit too heady of a concept to, you know, it was confusing people too much. So let's merge the Earths together, mm-hmm. and that's what the crisis story comes from. Is there's a, there's a character called the Monitor, and he keeps track of all the different, you know, P- Earths in the multiverse, mm-hmm. and then there's his opposite, the Anti Monitor who is seeking to destroy them one by one just wants nothing It's just complete nihilist
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the heroes have to fight and eventually it winds up being all of the earths that are left there's only five earths left by the end mm-hmm. left in the entire multiverse and they're merged together into one new earth right. so reality is kind of like folded around so instead of the justice society having existed on a different earth they now existed during the 1940s and were retired. Yeah. And ah, that's why okay. people didn't know about them. Mm-hmm. And it brought us all onto the same Earth, like a brand new Earth. And some of the origins wound up getting like retold. Like, you know, Wonder Woman started with a brand new number one. Mm-hmm. Superman started with a brand new number one. Batman okay. wasn't really changed much. But Superman and Wonder Woman, you know, they, you know, Flash they got these like kind of like just little tweaks in their origins just kind of yeah. little things that were you know batman's biggest origin tweak was frank miller writing year 1
0: mm-hmm.
1: that just kind of changed things around had a little bit more beefing up of the background of uh, commissioner gordon and his illicit affair that he when he was cheating on his wife and yeah. you know like him being corrupt in the beginning and all that stuff that was wow. a more gritty take on batman during year 1 okay. but uh but yeah i mean it was it was interesting because it really brought the big multi-scale thing that became the norm for the industry. Nowadays, a year does not go by without a big, large-scale crossover. I mean, right now, right. DC has one with you know Titans Beast World, which is this whole big you know storyline that just kicked off last week. Okay, right. and Marvel's going to have a big one with like you know vampires versus everybody next year, which uh, is going to okay. be absolutely bananas. I mean, <laughs> But this, it was, it was interesting because it had a lot of the, uh, the biggest thing this did, this was the first time that DC kind of did like what Iron Man did at the end of Iron Man three and like, you no know, clean slate protocol and like blew up all his suits. Oh, well. This was DC basically saying we're rebooting everything, like everything yeah. that came before there's a, def- there's a definitive line now pre-crisis yeah. and post-crisis, everything that happens pre-crisis if we couldn't figure out a way to mold it into this new world, it never happened. Yeah, and it's, we move forward. So, yeah, it, it so was it was, was a lot different. How long? Yeah. exactly? It's it's, it's what?
2: Oh, I was gonna say when when did this uh, series of comics come out? 85? 85, 85 and eighty six.
1: Okay. Cool. Yeah, so so like every, so everything beforehand, if it couldn't be folded in neatly, it kind of just was ignored, went by the wayside. We've discussed like marvel does like the sliding timeline yeah. mm-hmm. where like they, they do what they can to try and keep the characters from saying like why isn't tony stark like 140 years old you yeah, know because right, if right. he wasn't fighting in vietnam <laughs> he wasn't in vietnam anymore now it's during the gulf war and yeah. eventually it'll be like in the ukraine or something like that like right. 20 years from now who knows but there's always something, you know, unfortunately there's always some sort of war to get this guy involved. In. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but you know, it's it, this is this was DC doing that and we have the those those listeners out there who don't know like how events work, sometimes you have crossovers that are within a particular family of books like say like all of the superman books like you'll have four superman titles and all four of them will cross over and they'll be they'll trade off chapter one is in man of steel chapter two is in Mm -hmm. adventures of superman and so on and follow a pattern some have like an alpha issue like we just had a a gotham war storyline it was a crossover between batman and catwoman it was like gotham war alpha then there's mm-hmm. a couple of issues of Batman, a couple of issues of Catwoman, then like Gotham Wars Battle Scars or something <laughs> stupid Ooh. like that, you know. Yeah. But like like an Alpha and Omega issue, things like that. With Crisis, it was, you know, issues one through twelve, and then there were a slew of, you know, other books tying into it. And you didn't have to read them, but they kinda like told Informed, you a little bit yeah. about what was going on. Um, they were actually instructed from as early as nineteen eighty three to start seeding. Um, The idea of the monitor like they were Uh they were told Marv Wolfman had a lot of pull and he was telling them that, hey, you have to we can't show him. But mention the monitor somehow in your stories. Uh-huh. Like it was kind of like it was like it was like Pee Wee Herman's like secret word. You had to throw the You're, monitor in somewhere uh, in your stories, and some of the editors and some of the editors were pissed because they were like, "What the hell is this? This isn't part of my story. Why okay. am I doing?" This? They didn't understand how lucrative this would wind up being the norm for the next like you know right. obviously half century, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But they, they would do little things like that, but you'd have a lot of tie-ins that were what we call red sky tie-ins, what we refer to them as now. It was labeled, it's a, you know, serious crisis on infinite Earths crossover, like you must pick up this issue. And uh, the only thing it real was, was that the skies had turned red in crisis when when the anti-monitor came. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it would be just a regular issue, and in the background, it'd be like, oh shit, that sky's red, that's weird. And yeah. so, uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> so, exactly. Huh. That's the difference between like a substantial crossover that actually like does something like like some crossovers still do that where it's just kind of like I'm being forced editorially to make this, you know, my story (laughs) of all of this. I'm just going to pretend, you know, I'm, it's like, I just showed up. It's, there was, I forget. I think, I don't know if it was Deion Sanders. It was, it was, it was some, some, athlete years ago who wore a shirt to a press conference and and the shirt said i'm only here because so i don't get fined (laughs) because like (laughs) you didn't want to do press yeah
0: so it's kind of one of those
1: things but like some some people are just like yeah no let me do this and they'll they'll tell like a four issue story arc that takes place entirely with in between like panels four and five of issue six just because they want to do they want to show what's happening during that and they really get into it so you don't really need to read all of them Generally, when uh, when it comes to a crossover, read the crossover tie ins that are written by the guy or girl who's writing the actual event. Because they're mm-hmm. probably like when, when Sinestro Core War came out a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. it was a big Green Lantern event. All of the books that were written by Jeff Johns and Peter Tomasi, the Green Lantern Corps and Green Lantern Proper, mm-hmm. you really had to read those because right. they were really, really pulling you in. Uh, same thing happened with Blackest <laughs> Night. When Blackest uh, yeah. Night happens, you had to read the Green Lantern books, or else it wasn't going well, to make as much fair, sense if you well, just read Blackest to be fair, Night.
3: Though, I did. I did just read Blackest Night and without reading the Green Lantern
1: books. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah you, you. I mean, you definitely you get some, but you get you get that real. The, the ones that are really, if you're going to read a tie-in, read the ones that are written by the person that's actually writing the series because they know what's happening. It's because it's their story, pretty much. Everyone else uh-huh. is just along for the ride. Right. So, like, this was the first time we really saw, like. Secret Wars had a couple of tie-ins, not really that many in comparison, and it was mostly on books like like even the even as late as like the 90s when Infinity when the Infinity Gauntlet was coming out. Uh you know, Marvel was really putting a lot of the tie-ins for that on the books that were kind of selling low because it would be like a little bit of a boost, you know, like hey, this is a big thing. Let's you know, let's you know, let's tie this into a big event that people are getting mm-hmm. and maybe it'll raise sales. Now it's become like every title and their mother is getting thrown into it into a crossover red sky or otherwise and it right. kind of gets you know annoying for some 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 of these smaller books kind of like find their own footing uh. and they can't go a year without being pulled into someone else's story so it kind of derails things but crisis was like the first big one that really showed i mean they had like the deaths of barry allen and supergirl mm-hmm. wow. that, that's that huge. iconic
3: cover wow. that you
1: know everybody yeah uh, when superman, you think of superman yeah yeah, Superman holding, I, you know, Supergirl's and body. And I can tell
3: you, like, having gone to, like, all of those, um, like, the cosplay photo shoots and stuff at, at, at DragonCon, and I think there's one year in particular um, I, I went to, like, I, I always go to the Superman photo shoot and find some version. of I dragged Keith to it uh, yeah. one year. But there was, um, so there's one year, uh, just kind of a little sidetrack. We went. Uh, to the Superman photo shoot and George Perez was there. Like, cause he would, he, he loved going to the photo shoots and like meeting the cosplay fans and stuff like that. Of course. And, um, he like he he saw a Superman and a Supergirl. He's like, hey, can you guys come over here? He's like, he's like he's fanboying over the fans. He's like, Could you guys come over here. <laughs> That's and totally do, and for like, us. Can you pick her up and like do the do the pose? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And he was like, oh, I love it. I like He was like freaking out and taking pictures. And I'm like, I was like, that was the first time I've ever seen a celebrity actually fanboy over fans. You know, it was yeah. prez was great. I loved him. That's so really much, cool. Man. He yeah. was awesome. He, he was he
1: was good like that. Yeah. But
3: anyway, sorry. Back yeah. to what you were saying. (laughs)
1: no that's that was you know that that was you know crisis number seven Mm -hmm. that was like one of the big things but like barry allen you know, it was always you know we've we've joked around about this on the show before with characters coming back and all the time it was only Uncle Ben and Bucky were the only ones who stayed dead for <laughs> the longest. He came, came back. back. <laughs>
3: uh, that, yeah, I think that was always the role. Nobody nobody sees that except Uncle Ben and Bucky. No, nope, Bucky's back. But,
1: but, but like, but Barry was dead for decades. You know, Barry yeah. Allen was dead, and Wally West took on the role of the Flash. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it was just one of those things that. You know, you just didn't. You thought like, oh, this this will change. Especially things are getting rebooted. They'll 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 find a way to fix this.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: this was you no know, 1986. It wasn't until like you know, like really not long before Flashpoint that they brought Barry Allen back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's 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 a it's an amazing thing that they were so it was such a big character that they were willing to be like, no, this is the ultimate step up. We've already. We can step off we've stepped up Robbins, we've done things like that we're going to show you we can do that with a major we're willing to take that chance mm-hmm. and toss away a character like barry allen and put wally west the sidekick into it <laughs> and it was, a, it was it was it was it was a game changer it really was it showed mm-hmm. that it could be done and if it was done right it could be successful
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh but it's but it's it's also like the legacy of crisis has lived on because dc does do this extra sketch you know type mm-hmm. thing where Whereas Marvel does their sliding timelines and does whatever, DC likes to reboot their universe a lot more often than they yeah. should. Instead of just fixing things, they're like, "We're going to make this easier," and then they make it super complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 like getting someone in to paint your house, but they're like, "Yeah, while we were painting, we 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 twisted around well, your electricity. That's cool, right?" Yeah, but, <laughs> no. I mean, but
3: also like when you going back to what you were saying about like uh, Tony Stark, you know. Um, when you have a character whose origin story is wrapped up in like, a major, like, historical event like that, the further you it's get... hard. The further you get away from it, like, right. the harder it becomes without just resetting everything, you know what I mean?
1: Even Mag- even Magneto with his... That's him what
3: I was going to bring up. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, he's too old to be a Holocaust survivor now. <laughs> yeah. but,
1: but they've written it off, because for a while, he was de-aged, you know, he was reverted back into infancy by this one, like, no villain, and then he was, you know, brought back into like, you know, being like an adult again. Mm-hmm. And so they, they have an excuse for why his body like you know his 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 mutant power so to speak you know it, it kind of like slow down his cells a little bit and he's mm-hmm. been like he's been given new lease at life so he's He's old, but he's also got some in-story reasons for how he's maintained his, you know, vigor. You know, yeah. j- just just <laughs> little things. They did it with Xavier too. Xavier's body was dying; they gave him a <laughs> cloned body by the Shi'ar, so like he was given a little bit more, like you know, of a, a lease on life. So they, right. they do things like that. But you're right; when it's tied to something specific, it gets harder, especially when they don't mean to reference something like I mean, there's an old issue of X-Men where they're playing softball and Colossus like hits the ball like you know like just super far into the air and Rogue mm-hmm. goes flying after it and she flies by Air Force One <laughs> and Reagan's
0: in you know it's you know,
1: Reagan's in there and like she like she catches the ball and she goes up to the window of Air Force One and like you know kisses and leaves a lipstick mark on the airplane the window <laughs> and she flies away
0: mm-hmm. you know, it's
1: funny you know Superman met J- you know JF- JFK in an issue right. you know we have we have references to Nixon. We have uh, references to nine eleven. We have all of these things right. that actually are happened in historical events, mm-hmm. and you can't, like, you know, say, "Well, if this character didn't, how can you?" They just kind of just like they just don't ever bring it up again. It's right. just like they'll right. they'll never bring up nine eleven again right. because we've we've already moved so far past it. You know, two decades on, yeah. that it wouldn't make sense with some of the characters to have even. So it's just kind of you know, it's one of the sad truths of just, you know, the nature of the business, you got to move forward while still, you know, keeping some sort of, you know, continuity going, some sort of credibility. Yeah.
3: So, yeah. And I I feel like that's kind of the drawback of uh, stories that just don't end, but you know, it's, it's, it's cool because those stories are always coming out. They're always there, but you know, you have, you have that to deal with like, how does that echo in the real world? You know? And that the answer is it doesn't, you just kind of have to make it work.
1: Yeah, and the cartoon is doing that. The cartoon is apparently like they're doing a trilogy because there is a crisis trilogy, mm-hmm. like in the mm-hmm. comics. There's mm-hmm. there was there was definitely the there were four crises. Like there are a couple of events that earned the term crisis. The, crisis is a very <laughs> loaded word in the DC universe. <laughs> like it's just one of those things like if you're going to use that word it's got to be something completely world altering and the first one that they really had was infinite crisis Mm -hmm. and that's where we got uh the the blue beetle that's in the movies now um reyes Right, right he came out of that there was a whole bunch of stuff that got kicked off you know from that it was you know batman had created like again this like paranoia machine just in case people went rogue and of course it naturally went rogue on its own oh, of course and um you know and like there's there's that going on it has the wonder woman killing max lord because he taken mental control of superman mm. and superman was on like on like on a tear and she's fighting him to a standstill and max lord hated wonder woman he wanted right. to corrupt them and she's got him with the lasso and she's like Tell me how to undo this, and he's like, "I'm not gonna undo it." And I can tell you right now, even if there's the only way to stop him from ever being under my control is to kill me. And mm. she's like, "All right, f around, find out." <laughs> she snaps his neck right there.
0: Right. <laughs> but it gets
1: televised and it splinters <laughs> things. But it was like, it was a, it was a dark moment. But like Infinite Crisis is kicked off because there's an all, there's a there's a couple of different Earths that we get introduced to throughout the Crisis and Infinite Earths storyline, and one of them is an Earth three where. Lex Luther is good, yes. Alexander Luther,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And we have an Earth-2 Superman and Lois Lane. And we have a Superboy who is from a world where there's no other superheroes. They all exist only in comic books. And mm-hmm. then somehow he becomes Superboy. And we have those of the original. We don't know that they survived. We think that they're all wiped out. Oh. And we find out in Infinite Crisis that all of these things that have been kind of going wrong, how did Jason Todd come back to life after he right, was, that was... Com- completely dead? We find out that there was a kind of like a limbo place where Alexander Luther, Superman and Lois from Earth Two, mm-hmm. and Superboy were all kind of just watching. They were just observing. And they saw Wonder Woman kill. They mm. saw that, um dr light had sexually assaulted sue dibney the elongated man's wife and it led to zatanna wiping the memory of dr light so he didn't know their identities anymore but it also led to them doing that to batman because he wasn't happy when he found out so it created this whole everything started going darker and he was so mad he was trying to get into this world to change it. So every time he punched on this little limbo, like this little like right. barrier within there, it was causing these, you know for lack of a better word, reality punches. and it was right. changing things. So Jason Todd went from being completely DOA mm-hmm. to resurrecting in the coffin. Yeah, I re- and I that's remember how Jason that, yeah. Todd comes. Kind of, yeah, so, yeah it's all these little things.
3: Yeah I read, I read Red Hood, you know, and then when I read yeah. that, they kind of explained it. At, Explain that at the end of Red Hood, but me having not read that, I was like, "What the hell?" You know what? Never mind. It doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we we, well, we first think that Jason Todd is back during the Hush storyline, starting with Batman six hundred eight, and we see him, and And it winds up being being Matt Hagen. um, Yeah, and and then then it wound up being like Clayface, but then we wind up seeing like you know when Jason Todd comes back for real, and we get the you know Batman Annual twenty five that tells the whole story about. How Jason Todd came back, and that it was really due to these, you know, quote reality punches. Mm-hmm. That one of the one of the times we saw Jason Todd and Hush actually was Jason Todd, right. wasn't that, Yeah, they, know, quite they it. <laughs> Yeah, so it is, but it was it was interesting. But like it and like the first issue of Infinite Crisis ends with Superboy finally succeeding in smashing through that barrier, and now they're here, and they're going to make this world a better place. But what they don't know is that alexander luther has his own plans to Mm -hmm. make and and he's he's trying to do something a lot worse so he winds up being the big bad of infinite crisis along with superboy who becomes superboy prime and goes like on a a killing spree he becomes like one of the the big bads for the next several years but um that ends with superboy like our superboy connor Kent, the one that came out of the death of superman and reign of superman he dies during infinite crisis he sacrifices himself. He has the Barry Allen type wow. moment. He has the Supergirl type moment. Mm-hmm. And we get what we think is a brand new world, but we find out it's really this 52 Earths now, mm-hmm. and it's limited to 52, and that's where that comes from. So, it really, it, it's, it keeps, we keep going back to Crisis on Infinite Earths, you know, of going back to that moment and seeing how these things are echoing through. Mm-hmm. And then we had the final crisis called, you know, with, with, uh, with Grant Morrison that had dark side and all like, you know, the new gods coming down and. The Batman, you know, versus Dark Side, you know, confrontation, which was absolutely crazy, Mm -hmm. and then we wind up with Dark Crisis, which recently ended, which was another big crisis, bringing back a lot of all of the old crises that have, you know, and just uh, bringing them back into one final big story to the crisis to end all crises until the next one, of course. But you know, but like you know, Crisis like has some weight. Like even like Zero Hour was called like you know a Crisis in Time. Mm -hmm. It wasn't officially one of the crises. Yeah, that you would call, but like you know, it's it's really like the main ones are Crisis Infinite Earths, Infinite Crisis. Final crisis and dark crisis those are the dark crisis just ended last year so it really hasn't had time to really set in that much mm-hmm. but it ended with you know the justice league being disbanded and really? they're gone they're, they're still not around there's no justice league anymore huh. mm. they're all doing their separate thing and the titans are now the preeminent superhero team you know it's nightwing and you know beast boy and raven nightwing. and cyborg and flash wally west flash uh they're they're the preeminent team they're the ones taking points they've passed the torch on to their sidekicks and they're you know understudies and superman's still supermanning and wonder woman's still doing her thing and batman and all that but it's mostly you know it's it's the titans they're the ones who are the uh they're the new justice league for all intents and purposes but it's building towards something coming up brainiacs in the horizon there's a couple of things in in the works, and I don't know if they're gonna do another crisis, but you know things are about to get a little bit you know crazier. <laughs> but every time they do a crisis, something does get rewritten in some way. Right. Oh, Someone's cool. origin gets tweaked. Some some universal thing changes. Some right. sort of you know something goes differently, and um, we wind up dealing with the fallout from it. So it's 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 going to be interesting to see where things go. I think this is what the purpose is of these cartoons is they had this DC animated universe Mm -hmm. and it was telling like uh, they were, they were going through all these stores and then they went into like the flashpoint universe. Mm -hmm. They did after flashpoint paradox Mm -hmm all of the movies started taking place in a kind of like a newer world that was a little bit different from the one that we had originally Okay, and then it started doing kind of these like standalone ones like the Gotham by Gaslight uh, the the recent one that was like based on the Cthulhu myth right. you know and all so now you're, you're seeing you know instead of like it started out with like straight adaptations of comic stories like Tower of Babel that was written mm-hmm. by Mark Waid where Batman had safeguards that were against all the Justice League had to take them out Razal Ghul's daughter stole them, and al Ghul stole them and took the Justice League out for him, and it turned everyone mm-hmm. against Batman. Mm-hmm. And that was like a really huge story. But they had like that story was done in the in these movies, and now I think this is their attempt at reconciling all of these different versions of you know doomsday and mm-hmm. you know all of these all the stories and making a new i think at the end of all three of them we'll come up with a new continuity base a new earth you know prime so to speak mm-hmm. and that'll be the new universes for animated stuff yeah. going forward very cool yeah
3: i'm looking forward to it and um and just just so everybody out there knows uh, that's going to release uh, streaming on january 9th so it's yeah. just a little bit over a month
1: away yeah. I think all three of them are coming out next year. I believe. I I, oh, okay. I think that they're already done. Do like you, they're just going to be releasing them like staggered.
2: Okay. Uh, do do you, Dylan? Do Did do you, do you see uh, what it's what's going to be on specifically? Uh, I I imagine
1: it'll be on
3: Max. Okay. Like, yeah, that's where all cool. the DC animated stuff is.
2: Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited for this one. Like I said, the animation looks really cool. Um, and uh, it's this is an interesting story. Thanks for telling us a little yeah. bit about it because I'm I'm learning today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My DC knowledge is getting getting worked out
0: <laughs> well it's, it's,
1: it, this is where i started reading comics was yeah. during this era like barry allen was my flash That's like cool. when I started, I, 86 86 i was like you know like like six seven years old mm-hmm. you know when, when when crisis came out so this is when i started like getting into you know comic books for the <laughs> i wasn't as into it as i became like you know like with the x-men like a little bit like, later on right right but but you know x x-men 210 was like when i really i was like when i really first started becoming hooked around this time it was it wasn't too far from this because when secret wars came out in 84 uh x-men i think like 178 to 181 or so were, were semi tie-ins the secret war okay so this is like you know just maybe like two years later is really when i started getting into it so i was like right at the cusp of like that that comic book like you know fanboyism that i have now <laughs> yeah. and uh but like, but like, you know, I, I grew up with, you know, seeing, you know, the the transition from Barry to Wally, and, mm-hmm. and it's 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 been it's been kind of uh, interesting to see how uh, how new new blood, you know, takes ha- takes this, and what happens with uh, you know, with going forward, because this last dark crisis. It was called Dark Crisis, and everyone just thought that that's what it would be.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they brought back Pariah, who was a major player in Crisis and Infinite Earths. Mm. His power was that he had to watch the death of all of these Earths. Oh, wow. But he couldn't if defi- Every time he went to an Earth, that was basically the end of that Earth. Mm. And that was his thing. He didn't have any say in it. It was He was forced to do it. But he becomes kind of like the bad guy. And like halfway through the Dark Crisis storyline... It became. They changed the name to Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, and combined, and it it was to everything coming full circle. And Pariah was like the main kind of like the main bad guy him in this mm-hmm. thing called the great darkness that harkens back to marv wolfman and george perez doing um an old storyline with the great darkness during like the legion of superheroes yeah. so it was a really cool way to tie in like you know past present and future mm-hmm. so uh so yeah i mean they're still they're they're finding a way to still you know <laughs> get blood from the stone <laughs> so good for them <laughs> awesome. know, it's, absolutely it's been 40 years but hey you know hey, man, go, if it, do if it, it works
0: it works yeah right yeah, for that's
1: it. what i'm saying so i mean like we'll, we'll see what happens i mean like you know like they, they it's it's the good and bad of the industry is the events mm-hmm. on one hand people are getting kind of like event fatigued like we hear about like comic book movie mm-hmm. fatigue and stuff right. like that Not but thing. on the other hand <laughs> but, on, yeah, but yeah but because on I the other hand, hand yeah. those are the movies those are the books and the movies that are making the most money on average you right. know you'll always have your outliers but like Marvel has all of these events and people are like, oh my God, enough with the events. Also, I will buy them.
0: <laughs> you know? exactly. So it's like,
1: so oh. it's like, it's, it's kind of tough. Like, you know, you want a book to be able to stay. I, I miss the days when you can go and you can see a high number on the shelf. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's uncanny X-Men, like, you know, like, like 500. Something. Yeah. something now they have legacy numbering when they renumber things and, and DC does it too, okay. where they, like every once in a while they'll, they'll recognize it's like when batman like 850 came out a few months ago okay it wasn't it wasn't numbered as 850 but they did it just for that one issue just to Uh, to show that this would have been the 850th issue uh miles morales is going to have its 300th issue in a couple of months but it's obviously not but it's well they're they're going back they're they're a little bit they're a little bit sketchy with the numbering. they're going back to the first like um Ultimate Spider-Man that started Peter Parker for the first like 150 issues. So it's okay, kind of like, yeah. eh, is it really? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But like okay. they do but they'll but they'll do things like that and you'll see like the actual number that it is and then in a lighter font underneath it it'll have the legacy numbering. Uh-huh. Cool. So it'll be like issues So we know like something will be coming up big like when like, you know, Avengers hits its 800th issue or Spider-Man hits its thousandth issue it's you know it's right. it'll, it'll be you know something will be there and they'll they'll temporarily just for the month call it what that is mm-hmm. and then they'll bounce back but they're constantly doing it kind of like seasons where they, reboot these books well not reboot they relaunch them and they just you know start off with a a brand new creative team and a brand new number one and then just you know go from there because they know number ones are shiny and new and collectible so people will go and grab
0: them Mm -hmm.
1: but it kind of makes it hard when you're trying to sell a comic to someone or trying to tell someone what hey what comic book should I get when every year there's a new number one right Right. and they're all numbered the same way and like they're all like even you go to get the trade paperbacks like you have for like infinity war and infinity Gauntlet and all that and the and they're all saying oh it's amazing spider-man volume one i must get this yeah. well actually that's amazing spider-man volume one by dan slot what you want is the one by zeb wells as opposed uh, to the one by nick spencer as opposed right. to the one by you know so it's like come on mm. man, just make it easy for the fans <laughs> so it's it, a it becomes a headache
0: here,
1: yeah yeah, yeah it's, it becomes a headache but that's that's why you have you know sad losers like me no so, <laughs> <laughs> the gaps i would say that
3: well, you are doing a service to the podcast community, sir. You, you read them so everybody else doesn't have to. Exactly.
1: I'm here for
3: you.
2: It's awesome. Well,
3: and, and hopefully when th- this comes out next month, I'm sure uh, we're all going to sit down and probably have a chat about the uh, the movie versus the comic book, and I think that'll be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I'm I, 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 I've, I've... I really liked DC's. DC has not done well on the on the big screen, you know, compared to Marvel. But their animated has always been far and away better. Uh, They've always had such a a much better handle uh, from casting to voicing to just like. They have, it's funny. Like you would think that that would translate to like the you know the other way, but like I don't know. Maybe they're just given well, know, less oversight well, to I do mean, what they want need to do. Well, for maybe.
3: for like animated like casting or something, you don't necessarily have to find somebody who you know fits the bill for for the the physicality yeah. of it. Like that's why you can have like Peter Weller voicing Batman or something to that effect, you know?
1: Right. Um, well, that's why you could have a 60 year old woman voicing Bart Simpson for the last yeah, 30 yeah, years. Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think she was like 20 when that movie, when that show started. But <laughs> yeah, still, yeah. I mean, she's, yeah. still, she's still going. there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I always thought that was, uh, that was, that was funny. Cause that's one of the first, uh, I guess, cartoons where, I mean, obviously it's happened before, but when they, they actually said that, Hey, Bart's voiced by a girl and you're like, what? That, that's cool. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Totally, well, it's, totally. it's, it's like, I, I, you know, I took the kids to Comic-Con a few years ago and, uh, we met, uh, Tara Strong who does a lot of voices yes. mm-hmm. Okay, and, um, and Greg, uh, Greg, uh, Kripes. He, he, they, they've, they've done a lot of things, like, but she's like the voice of like Ben 10
0: mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. you know, he did the voice of like, you know, Kevin 11, like, you know, some like, 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 like another like bad guy or whatever, like, you no, know, like, like antagonist for Ben 10, mm-hmm. but they were set up together and, um, they do Raven and beast boy on the teen Titans cartoons. Cool. And um, she did miss minutes actually in Loki. that's Tara Strong.
0: Okay, yeah. But
1: uh, but like you know, talking about nice people, like they were just super nice, and they were like standing next to each other. And we know we paid for our photo, and I was Lex Luthor. You know, my you know, Melanie was was Catwoman. Anna was Harley, and then there's like little Lex in this like three piece suit as the Riddler, mm-hmm. and he's posing. And when and, when, and like great. when when Lex is in costume, like he's like Jared Leto. He is method. Like he's Daniel Day <laughs> Lewis. I am going to be. I might kill someone today because I am in character. Like every time he <laughs> he'd, wild. he'd be all smiles when he was Cable, and someone was like, "Can I take a picture?" And he's got this like you know like you know Josh Brolin scowl on his face. You
0: know? <laughs> Yeah, but like awesome. he
1: was like posing for them and like you know you know greg took a picture with us and then like we went over to tara and tara and both of them like they asked if they could take pictures and share them on like you no know, twitter so they, they they took extra pictures with us mm-hmm. but then um she was talking to him and she was like do you like the show he's, he's like yeah i love it because he was like f- six years old or whatever and she, okay. she's like all right She's like, which one of these pictures do you like? Cause we'd already paid for our picture, like to get autographed, and like mm-hmm. you know for both of them. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, which one of these pictures do you like? And he points to one. She goes, okay. And she signed it. She goes, now go tell him he has to sign this because I told him to. (laughs) And so like he went over, we went back over to him and she was like, she was like, it's good. So she he's like, okay. So like they both signed like a free picture because they just liked how the kids' costume was and like how into it he was.
2: That's really cool. That's just the
1: type of people they were. But they were doing like the voices like while like we're like posing, we're trying to be like like not not serious, but like, you know, just trying to like no be normal. And instead of saying cheese, you know, like he, he goes waffles, like 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 uh, like Beast Boy, and like we just bust <laughs> out laughing, and that's what the picture is. It's great. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what that's that's what you like to see at these uh these these cons is, is the people who are like you know actually like to be there, and yeah, exactly. that's, that's You know, that's that's it makes it worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, that 100%. sounds like
2: a great time. Yeah, that's, yeah, those moments are those are those, those are, are priceless. Precious. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, we have the pictures hanging up still on the kid, you know, the autographed
0: pictures, you know, <laughs> cool.
1: you know you're hanging up in the kid's rooms, you know, their respective rooms. And they, 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 they talk about that every once in a while because they still watch Teen Titans. And mm-hmm. Not going to lie, so the lie, that was <laughs> one of my favorite movies.
0: Right on. Awesome.
1: <laughs> I mean, when they shoved Martha Wayne into the alley with the did pearl necklace that to Sorry. get killed, I mean, that's yeah, hilarious. That's is, that is pretty funny. Wow, that's great. I was, I was just—I took them to see that in the movies, and like everyone was like, "Oh my god, that's so messed up." <laughs> <laughs> but it was, they had to fix the timeline, man. You got to kill
3: you Martha gotta, Wayne. You, I mean, yeah, you can't. You got to do but it, it was, or was, it's reality.
1: It was, it, it was. It was just. It wasn't just that they like they were like. Oh no. Why don't you go down this way? It just was that like she pulled her. She 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 pulled her back, put the necklace on her, and just shoved her into the <laughs> wow, That is pretty
0: <laughs> <was> funny. So <laughs> dark.
3: But
1: yeah, that's that's a great. That's
3: thing. like a family guy gig. Or, uh, yeah, it really or it gag, really was, gig. and and like we and like awesome. even,
1: even even the the kids were like, oh my god. Like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> <crazy." laughs>
3: well, yeah. awesome man. Thank you so much for uh, coming in and chatting comic books with us, man. We always have a good. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah this is awesome i always learn a ton and uh i'm, I'm pretty excited for this now i'm getting yeah. get a little pumped up for it it's gonna be cool it's gonna yeah. be cool yeah awesome read dude read the, read the book
1: all right i will yeah i, will. I think
2: i uh be better i just looked <laughs> it up online while we were, we were talking there and i think you can get a uh a, a trade paperback for it so
1: they do yeah they, yeah. they have it they have it in the trade yeah yeah all
2: right sweet yeah we might have to make a uh, trip to the comic store you have to
1: go be our, yeah. see our buddy jason yeah man that's good. All right.
3: Definitely. Char- Charles, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, uh, obviously, we're not going to have you back next week because Keith's out of town, but uh, yeah, yeah. we okay. will have you back for the Zumundo Christmas special here in a couple weeks. Ooh,
0: It'll be a lot of fun. Fancy. So. We're looking just, forward all right. to it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. Airing of the grievances. Airing of the comic <laughs> <of>
2: grievances. <laughs> that's, yeah, That's going to be awesome.
1: got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> <laughs>
3: exactly.
1: You want a piece of me? <laughs> all right,
3: awesome. Charles. So we'll, we'll talk to you in, uh, in a couple weeks, bud.
2: All right, guys. Stay safe. All
3: See right, you have soon. a great Peace night. Peace out. Dude,
2: I go ahead. Sorry, I was just just, like excited. I learned a lot right there. Yeah,
3: I know that was informative and fun. Yeah, let's uh, let's get into mysterious world. Shall we? Uh, We shall.
0: Mysterious
3: world. It is a mysterious world we live in.
2: It is very much so.
3: None more mysterious, some might say, than the Bermuda Triangle uh the the bermuda triangle is very mysterious um yeah uh so there's everybody's heard of the bermuda triangle i think like I'm pretty sure i mean i mean like you know it, the really funny thing about the bermuda triangle is like it was kind of more of a thing when we were kids right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it was when we were kids we were fascinated with there was like books on like the mystery of the bermuda triangle and everything um now as adults not really so much. Like, you don't hear about it you too don't much hear anymore. about the Bermuda yeah. Triangle very much anymore. We used to like, talk about it a lot of. I've I've sailed in the Bermuda Triangle tons of times, man. You have, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, out there working cruise ships. So the Bermuda Triangle um, encompasses a, tr- I guess, like a triangle of ocean, which I'm sure a lot of people know that run from Florida mm-hmm. to Puerto Rico, like, yep, and then up to Bermuda, right? Now and uh, back down, to, and then back down up, to Florida. Yeah. Um, and it's funny cause I, I, I never really thought about like the size and scope of the Bermuda triangle before it's massive. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize how far away Bermuda was like, you, I, <laughs> yeah. well, it's like, well, in all my times working cruise ships, I never went to Bermuda. So oh, okay. I, yeah, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I've never been to Bermuda, yeah. but, um, but it's like way it's nowhere near the caribbean islands like i just no. kind of assumed it was like in the caribbean islands somewhere you know what i mean but right
2: because of the kokomo song, no no you but know? it's like it's <laughs>
3: it's like out in the middle of the atlantic like it, it is, really it's is out there
2: and it's it's like a tropical island yeah but it doesn't kind of make sense because a lot further north than you would think it would be yeah too.
3: it's like isn't it like parallel
2: to virginia i think it's like virginia or something it's way out there yeah, yeah. So Which, I mean it's weird cuz it's there, not yeah. even
3: really you think of it as a tropical island but it's not even really in the tropics. Yeah, so. Virginia's not tropical. Yeah, yeah. definitely
2: not. It's swampy right? in some parts and <laughs> yeah. mountainous in others, but yeah, but, that's it's wild, man. Yeah. It's,
3: but so so it encompasses a large space in the Atlantic Ocean.
2: I can tell you it's about 1.5 million square miles. That's that's a lot of square it's miles. It's super massive, and,
3: uh, and it's also heavily traveled. So, it is. like, there's there's a lot of um, you know things that could happen out there, and things have happened out there. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Bermuda Triangle, and I think you have a story specifically. We do. So, I'm going to prime the pump for that a little bit with a uh, couple of things. So. <laughs> The Bermuda Triangle um, mystery started to become popularized around the 1960s and 70s. So you know, we we came up in the 80s and 90s and stuff. Back when people were kind of still talking about it, but its uh, reputation has since kind of been chalked up to everything from intergalactic portals, uh, time vortexes, paranormal phenomena, and even. The Lost City of Atlantis, which if you think about like that's just really silly, because if Atlantis existed, it would have been up probably in the Mediterranean somewhere, right? Like,
2: Well, so uh, some people think, without going into Atlantis specifically, the island of Sardinia or Sardini or something was, was Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but it like blew up a volcano, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people think it's that rickshot, rickshot structure in West Africa, mm-hmm. uh, the Eye of the Sahara, because uh, it's circular like Atlantis, was suppose yeah. was. We North. really
3: should do an episode on uh, 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 Lost uh, Civilizations. Yeah, that'd and be then, really cool.
2: Cool. A lot of people do think it's off here with the Bimini Road and all that. Yeah, off of Florida. You know, oh, you ever seen that thing? I'm mm-hmm. sure you've seen it, right? Where the di- it looks like there's a road that just goes out into the ocean underwater, mm-hmm. but it's like coral and stuff. I think. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll have to check that stuff. Yeah. Out. Uh, so in
3: 1964, uh, a man named Vincent Gaddis wrote an article called "The Deadly Bermuda Triangle." Talking about flight uh, flight 19 and the other disappearances being a part of a strange pattern of events and disappearances. So that's basically what um, Bermuda Triangle is known for: uh, is it disappearances in that region, like, like just like disappear without a trace. trace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like I said, you know, it, we'll, we'll get into that. I'm, I don't want to jump the gun here. So I'm just going to talk about like some of the most notable disappearances that have happened in the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, first of which, uh, 1945, uh, five U.S. Navy aircraft known as Flight 19 got lost and vanished in the Triangle during a training mission. Yep. Um, and no trace of the crew members or any of those ships were ever found, and I think you're gonna you're gonna go into that here. And just, yeah, like I think that's, that's like what I think that's really. like the most famous like disappearance. Yeah, that happened back in 1945. But we can uh, talk about some other um, noteworthy disappearances that happened in the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle as well. Um, December 28, 1948, a Douglas DC three aircraft disappeared while on a flight from San Juan, Puerto Rico, okay. to Miami. Um, no trace of the aircraft or the 32 people on board um never found out there um
2: which, which i think the bermuda triangle is it's miami too i think, to think it's Port miami rico, to Puerto rico yeah,
3: yeah. so they're were, they're were just basically flying up the the edge of it right um a civil aeronautics board investigation found that there was insufficient information available on which to determine probable cause of the disappearance um so take that take that however you want it Right. Um, another famous mystery dates to nineteen sixty three when the tanker ship SS Marine Sulphur Queen sank near Key West. Uh, life preservers and other items were later discovered drifting in the water, but the exact cause of the disaster ma- remains unknown, uh, and the wreck has never been recovered. So, I mean, so we got a lot of wrecks out there that haven't been recovered or found. Wow! And um, I got another one: Star Tiger, Star Tiger, Star Tiger, and Star Ariel. Um, disappeared. Uh, the Tiger disappeared on January 30th, 1948, on a flight a flight from the Azores to Bermuda, and the Star Ariel disappeared in January 17, 1949, on a flight from Bermuda to Kingston, Jamaica. Um, both were uh, aircrafts operated by British South American Airways. Both planes were operating at the very limits of their range, and the slightest error or fault in that their equipment. Could keep them from reaching the small and like by those standards, probably difficult to find islands. So wow. um and, and that, that's just that's just a few. Um okay. so there's skeptics that note that um the triangle sits in an area that's famous for rogue waves and storms. Right. And like and I'll tell you, dude, on my years working ships that was my that was my worst nightmare was a rogue like i I would watch stuff on rogue waves i'm like oh god i hope we never find one
2: right right yeah i've heard of, i've heard stories and talk to people mm-hmm. that like their boat got hit by one in the middle of the night yeah and like one guy he like hurt his arm and stuff like you know, wild like, <clears throat> yeah like blew out his shoulder because he like got thrown across the boat uh, luckily it didn't like mm-hmm. you know crush his boat or anything but yeah pretty wild yeah. man um,
3: so rogue waves and uh, the depths and effects of the Gulf Stream, which can combine to quickly erase all evidence of plane crashes and shipwrecks. Mm. Now, when people talk about like, well, you know, the the flights went down, the ship went down, like it was never recovered. Like, yeah, it's the ocean. Like, the ocean's big. The ocean's vast, very, man. Very like, large. and especially back in those days. You can't always locate stuff out right, there. You know right. what I mean? Like, and I think that's kind of like why we don't really have that issue. Like, we have GPS, we and, you know, and and black box and stuff. We can find planes that go down now. We and, can find ships that go down now.
2: And a lot of the, you know, the, it's not the Bermuda Triangle the reasoning, but you know, a lot of that did come out of the time period when all the stuff was happening, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what do you call IFF? Um, and, and, you know, like tracking devices and things mm-hmm. and like you're saying an aircraft and whatnot, yeah. um, to like, you know, ping towers and be like, Hey, we're here and keep your, keep your location up to date for everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of that specifically stemmed out of World War Two, because like back in the day, I mean, even before that, like you, you were like, Hey, we're casting off and we're supposed to be, let's say you're going from Europe to the United States, right? Well, we'll be in the United States in however many days, you mm-hmm. know? And then if the ship doesn't check in yeah you're like well where well, are happened? they yeah, they're exactly. like are they just late like are they gone you know and and, and that's just not a great way to track things yeah you know? yeah uh, pretty nuts yeah, yeah. yeah. well you're, you're gonna talk a little bit about flight 19 i think i am yeah yeah, yeah. so We're this gonna is gonna like
3: this. this is like one of the most famous disappearances of the bermuda triangle some
2: people say this is why the bermuda triangle is the bermuda triangle you know uh <laughs> yep. was, was specifically because of this flight uh pretty interesting stuff so training flight 19 um excuse mm-hmm. me um is, is, uh, is a, a pretty well-known story here. And, and it's a, a group of five, um, TBM Avenger torpedo bombers. It was a Navy and Marine Corps pilots flew them too. um, plane that, uh, I think it saw its first, I got a little bit of thing. Oh, on it. And I just killed it. Of course. Um, I think it saw its first usage at the battle of Midway or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this is, this is a plane that was flown heavily during world war II. I've seen one in person. It's actually really big. Right. Um, it's and big. it's, it's got a crew, um, uh, you know, several, several people are in it, right. You got a pilot, you got like, an, I guess a navigator and stuff. There's a, there's a bombardier kind of gunner dude. And, um, you know, there's a turret and everything. And it's pretty neat. Like the wings actually like fold up. Mm-hmm. And the one I saw was at, uh, at a, uh, museum and they were going to fly it for everybody and mm-hmm. you know like kind of like a demonstration which i thought was cool but the hydraulics on the wings didn't work so they couldn't get the wings to like you know open up mm-hmm. to start the engines and all that good stuff um and so we didn't get to see it fly we saw something else fly that some army plane it was pretty cool right um but uh anyway so on december 5th 1945 a group of five of these things were taken off for a um, a training mission out of naval air station fort lauderdale uh, which is in Florida and north of Miami um, for, for reference there. Uh, so there's 14 Naval aviators on the flight and uh, everybody was, uh, was lost um, and, and including one of the recovery um, airplanes that went to search for them, which had 13 people on just that. And that was a, uh, a Martin PBM Mariner flying boat. Uh, this was one of those ones that can land on the water, you know, which mm-hmm. probably makes sense if you're going out to like rescue people who can land on the water and pick yeah. them up. Um, so uh the the uh, na- I'll just talk about the navy. Okay. Thing here. So, the navy investigators concluded that the flight leader, uh, which was Lieutenant Charles Taylor, mistook mm-hmm. um, some small islands off off the coast of Florida, right, for the Florida Keys after his compass stopped working. We're gonna get into this because it's okay. kind of confusing. Interesting. Here. Okay. Um, resulting in the flight heading over open <coughs> sea and going away from land, and just got to a point where they couldn't recover and probably ditched in the water, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the the report was supposedly uh, later amended by the Navy to read the cause is unknown, right? Cause they're not just blaming, Oh, Taylor just didn't know where he's going. So these planes, yeah. right. The typical um, Taylor never yeah, knows where he's class. going No, Yeah. So nobody's, nobody's, uh, what do you call it? Nobody's, um, uh, you know, being, being blaming this guy or being upset with her or anything mm-hmm. like that, but losing 14 guys and a lot of, you know, five airplanes, right. Right. Um, which is, which is crazy. So, that's a bad day, man. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, well, it gets it gets weird though, too. So what they what these guys were going to do is basically head due east. Um, there's a little uh, there's a little map on um, uh, I'm sorry Wikipedia that that actually has their trading mission laid out. So they're going to head zero nine one degrees off mm-hmm. Fort Lauderdale, like two o'clock in the afternoon. This is only supposed to take a couple of hours, right? And they're going to fly mm-hmm. fifty six nautical miles, drop some bombs at uh, hens and chickens shoals. It's kind of interesting. Um, and then they were gonna, uh, um, turn their heading, go north basically over Grand Bahama, the big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've, been, you've been there, right? Is that where Nassau is? and all? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I'd imagine cruise ship has to go to the Bahamas, yeah. right? It's like, awesome. So they're going to navigate north of there and then make a left turn, essentially a hard left, um, and return back to Fort Lauderdale. Shouldn't have taken more than like, you know, it's like less than three hours for sure. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so. They they disappeared. So if he mistook, um, you know they said his compasses has gone down. So the plane apparently has two compasses in it. Mm-hmm. And I get that somebody might not have like a pocket compass. But you have five planes, don't they all have compasses in them? And one would think. Well, this is one of the the Bermuda Triangle things. Like, could they all have gotten weird? Well, yeah, magnetic Mag- anomalies occur though. You know what I mean? True. Like, I mean, and it's
3: very possible that there's places there where that happens.
2: But it, in sailing specifically, you have a thing called dead reckoning, right? Where you, mm-hmm. you pick your degrees. So that, let's say they're they're east heading right ninety degrees I'll mm-hmm. just say it, just I know it's ninety one degrees what um so you head that way for fifty six minutes dun, 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 dun. you just stay on course right so if you if your compass went down and you didn't turn, you could still use the time and be like, "Eh, we're probably here, right? You can kind of guesstimate where you're at, mm-hmm. uh, which uh apparently is there was no clock on board or his watch went down or something like that. It's like, but he can't be the only person with a watch and they have radios. They can talk between these five aircraft. Yeah. So I understand like you don't want, I don't think everybody's radioed up. I don't know exactly how they work, but you know, between the, the 14 people that are on board, these five aircraft, somebody would be like, Hey, my compass appears to be working well or my watch is working, you know, or mm-hmm. something like that, which I think this is one of the mysteries of, you know, the Bermuda triangle in and of itself and people start getting odd. And we, we, we saw the thing where if you're a pilot, I didn't know if this was a flight thing specifically. If you're, if you're in the Atlantic ocean or you assume you are, you fly West basically. Right. If, if to get to land, um, if you're things go haywire, you basically follow the sun. Yeah. Especially later in the afternoon. Right? Yeah. Follow um, Yeah.
3: Follow the sun. You, you get to where you're going. And then find you find reordinate
2: re, yeah. reorient yourself or if you have to find another airport, yeah. you know, land or whatever. Um, if you, if you get to Florida, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he had mistaken these things for the keys, thinking he was South Mm -hmm. West of Florida on the other side of the state. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know how big, like this map doesn't show the keys on it, but you know, Grand Bahamas massive, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know how they look from the air. So I don't know how that could be confusing. There are islands out there that are pretty close to to Florida, obviously, you know, I mean, it's, it's, what is it considered like in a little airplanes, like 45 minute flight to the Bahamas from East coast of Florida. So it's not super far. Um, but just thinking you're in the Florida Keys, you would have to get backwards. And this is when, the, when one of the guys, uh, YouTube, we were watching said that maybe they started getting hypoxic. Now, I don't know how fly or fly. I don't know how high the Avenger flies. I'm sure it can probably get up to a point where you can get hypoxia, you know, get yeah. all loopy and stuff. But um, you would think they would... You think they would they have would oxygen, notice that. that. Right? Yeah, either oxygen. I'm not sure what, what they're outfitted with, um, but they would either do that or, um, you know, fly lower if they realize because, like, you know if you're a pilot in another plane and I start acting kind of weird in my plane, you're gonna be like, Hey, let's bring it down to like 6,000 feet, bro. Like Mm -hmm. you, you know, let you recover a little bit or something like that. So there's a lot of weird, you know what I mean? There's, it seems like there'd be ways to fix all these things. Um, I'm, but it's, which is why this is a mystery. It's very confusing. So, there's been some radio transmissions. I, I was going to read some of these, but it's kind of weird. Um, we won't get into too much of it, but they basically had a conversation. You know, one of it was like, Hey, both my compasses are out. Uh, I'm trying to find Fort Lauderdale, um, but uh, I'm over land, but, but it's broken. Right. And he's like, I think I'm in the keys. So obviously that would make you want to fly northeast. Mm-hmm. You're going to go over to the Everglades or whatever. Right. Right. Um, but if you fly northeast from the Bahamas, you're just going over up in the ocean. Yeah. You know, there's not going to be a land up there. Um, and, uh, so like, I don't know how to get there. Uh, so they talked to a, a couple other, you know, there's some other radio chatter that was going on. Um, but they weren't able to find the coast and either go north or south and mm-hmm. where they're, where they're headed, obviously. Uh, so FT 28 radio, this was like at 1645. So 445 in the evening afternoon, mm-hmm. um, that they're heading 30 degrees for 45 minutes and then they're gonna fly north to make sure they're out. They're not out over the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, during this time, no bearings could be made on the flight and the IFF, which is what we were talking about. With um, you know, they they actually had like some radar. Um, what do you what do you say? Uh, you know, so you could track the flights. Yeah. It, it couldn't be picked up apparently at
3: cloaking? that time. Yeah, not uh, <laughs> Like a, like a Klingon warbird.
2: No, like it's you're supposed. It's like good. Like hey, I'm here. You know. Yeah. Um, they were like, hey, uh, you know, they were asked to switch to three thousand kilohertz, which is. Uh, a frequency that for communications and uh, and, and look for uh, like search search and rescue guys could like maybe link up with them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the pilot actually said, I can't switch frequencies. Mm-hmm. Um, I must keep my planes intact, which is kind of interesting. Weird. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe it just means having the five of them together. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and this is the thing, what, you know, what we really think is that they probably got too far out of the water and as a group mm-hmm. and then probably passed away in the, in the, you know the cold december waters right that's yeah, the most likely yeah that thing seems, seems likely yeah well anyway we'll, we'll we'll skip this like the the group of planes disappears. so what does the navy do navy launches a search they launch um specifically a, a pbm5 which is a um one of those boat planes like we we're talking about mm-hmm. and one of those exploded oh um, wow yeah and that's even on that little map on uh yeah. anyway we can look at this on uh wikipedia mm-hmm. um and that is up here off of they flew out of like Cape Canaveral area, mm-hmm. you know, uh where like the space uh the space what do you call it? The, the spaceship, you know, like uh, yes, yeah, Cape the, Canaveral, the launch yeah, pad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like that kind of area. Mm-hmm. Um and they went they went searching, but one of the planes um, you know, it had a catastrophic failure. One and a ship supposedly saw it, they reported on it. Um and that plane was actually kind of known for that, which is which is a little, little scary. Right. Um uh, they're known for kind of like having smelly fumes and, and leaking gas and stuff right. like that. So that wasn't, that was kind of an explainable thing. Right. But that also adds to the mystery. It's like, Oh man, mm-hmm. they came out and then they didn't get to come back. Right. So over the next five days or so, I think it was like 300 boats and planes searched 300,000 square miles mm-hmm. out of that 1.5 million square miles of wow. the Bermuda triangle. Right. Um, you know, it, it's a, uh, the story's carried on because they've never been able to find the wreckage for this. Yeah. They have found some interesting stuff, right. hmm um,
3: like such as,
2: well, I'll tell you, uh, mm-hmm. in, well, you know, we'll get into the, I guess the, the, not the silly stuff, the, uh, excuse me, the, um, conspiracy theories right mm-hmm. at the end here. But, uh, so they, they, they have found Avengers. Okay. And, uh, just, you know, people talk about how, how the, uh, Bermuda triangle is more likely to have crazy stuff happening mm-hmm. i mean columbus even saw strange lights in the bermuda triangle we so, saw it over here in over yep, right you know 1492 right mm-hmm. um but in between 1942 and 1945 just nas fort lauderdale lost 95 personnel out in this area that's a lot that is a lot over a very that's short the, period yeah. of time i think so plane mishaps and and things of the sort are definitely common in this area um well, one, one guy, there was like a hunter in Sebastian, Florida, actually, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, Indian river County. He, he found an Avenger in the woods, like crashed what? plane, right. They found one on land like from like back At, then. Yeah. And it actually had a couple of bodies in it. This plane, the plane served. And I accidentally just clicked off my, um, my thing about the plane, but the plane served up until like the fifties or sixties, um, maybe not the sixties for the fifties. Um, you know, it had a pretty, yeah. pretty long run. Um, but, uh. So I don't know when it's from, but uh, obviously contacts the authorities and they come and recover that and, and the people. But they've never released who they think those people were, uh, the pilots of that particular aircraft, because I don't think they had enough remains to identify or something like that. Um, which you know that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've found. I saw a show the other day where they found one underwater diving, which was kind of interesting. Same type of plane, but not one from Flight 19. Um, the the this this. This incident's been mentioned a lot, right? Um, <clears throat> whether it's been on uh, you know, just TV shows, Bermuda Triangle shows, right. and uh, even in fiction. Uh, and I didn't know this, actually, in the beginning of uh, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Time, 1977. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opening is that the aircrafts are discovered in the Sonoran Desert in uh, pristine co- condition with their fuel tanks and everything. And then, um, <clears throat> so, you know, it's kind of like a mystery implies that they got abducted by aliens or something like that. And at the end of that movie the crew, the the crew from the flight 19 actually comes back to earth. And yeah, they have not Yeah, that's, right. oh, that's kind anything. of a cool story. Yeah, it's kind of neat.
3: Kind of runs through that show manifest. If you ever seen that there's a show manifest where like I'm not super There's a a passenger flight disappears and then like just reappears 5 years later. Huh. Like after they've been like pronounced dead. Okay. Pronounced dead. Interesting show. Give it a watch.
2: Yeah, that that's yeah. pretty wild. Probably um,
3: probably inspired by this.
2: Yeah, there's the, yeah, probably. Um uh, it was also on a Scooby-Doo thing. I think it's on yeah. a Wikipedia. But, uh, so in 86, uh, they found an Avenger in the water uh, diving when, when, the, when the Space Shuttle Challenger exploded. Right. That catastrophic loss of that thing. Mm-hmm. So when they were doing that, they actually found a plane, and they're like, whoa, this could be one of the Flight 19s. I, I think it turned out to not be. just a different tail number. I wonder how many Avengers like, specifically are out there in the ocean, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, in 1991 a treasure hunting expedition by graham hawks uh announced the wreckage of five avengers had been discovered off the coast so five planes right it could be it right mm-hmm. apparently their tail numbers didn't match up so a whole nother flight has gone down like yeah so this has happened more than once yeah, it's of course, crazy yeah. you know um and uh uh what was it uh, in 2004 a BBC documentary showed Hawks return to the, to with a new submersible down there 12 years later and identified one of the planes by its, uh, by its number. And, um, it, it was a flight lost at sea October 9th, 1943 mm-hmm. over two years before flight 19. Um, and it's crew all survived. So he found a plane that, you know, people actually survived the, the, the crash. So ditching one of those I've heard at sea is probably not your best option. Um, just because the plant will break up and stuff like that i mm-hmm. mean ditching five of them together in a group is going to be even crazier uh but you never know i mean obviously if somebody's survived it that means other people can apparently right. there's some weather it's too. possible yeah uh that was affecting the area so if it was you know rough seas and and that and like you say cold water like it's it'd be hard for yeah those guys to to make it because you can, you know you can go hypothermic even in warm water yes yeah, you you can. it doesn't have I, to be it takes time super but yeah. cold. yeah um yeah it's not like it's 30 degree water it could be 80 90, degree yeah. water yeah, yeah you're you, still, you're still yeah eventually. you'll still yeah eventually yeah it's it's kind of crazy um so yeah it's, i mean they've they've found a bunch of these planes out there but nobody's ever been able to find a piece of this wreckage and uh you know of course then everybody jumps in like the original you know thing that the navy put out they put a 500 page report out on this and it's you know it's like hey there's probably a navigation error like i said the equipment's broke they ditched sea mm-hmm. um but everybody has said everything from wormholes Right? Mm-hmm. Rips in the space time continuum. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I don't know. It's Aliens. not a black hole. Aliens, right? We just, even in close encounters, right? Uh, See monsters. Yeah, um sea monster, yeah, the the giant octopus, the right? giant octopus, the kraken basically. Um, but there's books on this too as well too if anybody's interested you can get to check it out. And there's um books, check them out. There Sorry. was a supposed a guy wrote a book, right? And in it he said there's another radio message that they're like everything looks wrong and the sea's a strange color and yeah. I can't see any land and it's like, ah, that's, that's a little far-fetched.
3: Yeah, I don't know if I um, believe that.
2: Yeah, other people said dimension, or, you know, portal. And then and then of course, you know the hypoxic theory, right? If they start getting a little spacey when they're flying around. And, um, one of the videos I watched on this, the guy was like, Well, you can have like, I don't know enough about like red outs and brown outs, like, like your color vision could change. So maybe, like, to explain if there was a crazy radio call, it's like, if everybody's like, not, they're all loopy because they don't have any oxygen, mm-hmm. then yeah, maybe everything did look crazy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's pretty, pretty wild. Um, it's yeah. a wild story for sure. And, uh, yeah yeah uh what was that one <coughs> excuse me oh yeah so when that the other thing is that government cover-up right right and like when the when the guy found the plane in the woods or whatever um that one of the people who recovered it you know when he showed him where it was or whatever was like oh this must be flight 19 and it's like, why would you say that, you know? And yeah, like, they they wouldn't. Like, they wouldn't be like...
3: No, it sounds like you're, you're trying to... Yeah, I
2: don't think he was probably even yeah. there when they recovered it, right? And right. then, supposedly, that guy made a bunch of, uh, you know, information requests. And they they kept, like, you know, being like, no, no, no. And, and I mean, obviously, this stuff's out. It's on the internet. You know, they, they, they release that kind of, you know, information all the time. And um, they said... That he like calls friend at the Pentagon. His friend at the Pentagon is like, never speak of this again. It's like, come on, they wouldn't say that. He'd be like, yeah, that was part of a training mission, and yeah. blah blah blah, and yeah, it was yeah, not a big deal, yeah, or, or whatever, you know. Um, so it, it just, I I don't really get caught up in the conspiracy stuff with a lot of these things. I think it's silly, yeah. Um, but it's definitely a, it's a tragic event, but it's also an interesting mystery because, you know, a lot of I would say this is. I, I, and I could be completely wrong, but I feel like this part of the ocean is more explored than other places. I mean, mm-hmm. cause there are treasure divers and we've, we've talked to people that they found like bombs from world war II that were like live yeah. and you know, they got to call the Navy and they has got to go take them. So, I mean, people are finding stuff out there all the time. Sure.
3: So like you I said, man, the ocean is vast.
2: It is vast, but it also gets really deep too. Um, so, I mean, depending on how far out they were, you know, you're not going to fly over and see, you know, the wreckage like mm-hmm. in the shallow waters, like, cause you can see there's like planes in the Bahamas and stuff. Like on you know in the shallow waters you can see underwater I've seen pictures of it and mm-hmm. whatnot um, you know most of like commercial flights or whatever but uh, yeah it's 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 like we said it's it's interesting story it's crazy and this is a high traffic part of the world they say statistically though it's it's no you're no likely to have anything happen to you in the Bermuda Triangle than anywhere else um, and it shows you how crazy you know flight was not young I mean we had crazy amounts of yeah. planes during that time period but uh, it's still kind of you know it's an unconquered. Yeah, it's a wild thing, and then you see how many ninety-five people they lost in just three years. Um, that is wild, but I
3: don't—I really don't believe that it has anything to do with like any sort of supernatural, yeah. sort of um, well theory.
2: The other one you hear is the the methane gas or whatever that sinks. I have heard that reports before. Yeah, of that. yeah. That like if-
3: it makes the water. Um, like bubbles yeah, yeah like it's like less buoyant or essentially. Right, so you right. hit it and you just go into the ocean I, basically i think they
2: did something on mythbusters about that which is interesting but like you covered rogue waves uh did you ever see the sargasso Sea? do, you, do the, the ships probably don't sail around the thing right the big seaweed clump i did not see okay. that no that'd be kind of the sargasso Sea. yeah it's all showing yeah. it's kind of cool interesting um but yeah uh all the anomalies that happen there uh are, are pretty interesting the triangle is an interesting uh thing as you know it, as it's it funny is
3: because once gps became a thing like mm-hmm. yeah that, i mean don't be me wrong like planes still go down ships still go down and stuff like that but like mm-hmm. we can always
2: we, we find them now you know what for I mean? the most part yeah yeah, like yeah we, absolutely we,
3: everything has a gps locator even if it goes down you know what yes, i mean yeah and so, that's good
2: it helps recovery efforts and things yeah. like that um, but, you know, I mean, it was, like we said, it was kind of a different time. Even though they had it, it was, it was probably rudimentary yeah, you exactly. know, compared to nowadays. They, obviously, they weren't launching satellites back then. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the aliens were. <laughs> just just aliens. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying it's aliens. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty pretty neat story. So I just want to talk about that a little bit and, and let everybody know about it. And um, it's uh, it's wild. Yeah, the,
3: the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle isn't really the mystery it used to be, is it?
2: no no it's it's just a it's yeah. just a it's just part of the world it's just part, yeah it's just part of the world man yeah when we were kids though i mean people were like oh you can never even go in there and oh, it's yeah like foggy and crazy like, I, I, you know like, i
3: used to have an i used to have an irrational fear of the bermuda triangle just like you know quicksand or something you know what i mean
2: yeah i've gotten in quicksand though. that can be kind of crazy <laughs> yeah that was not fun
3: I've never seen quicksand
2: before. Yeah, so, well, yeah. The, and I guess there's different kinds. Like, the, I always expect it to look like a cartoon in a movie. Where yeah, it's just where, like sand and you yeah. start sinking it. No, it was like gross, like basically super mud that had no bottom. Yeah, know? and uh, and and that was scary. Yeah. <laughs> but I got out. Uh, obviously, I'm here. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah but um, yeah, Bermuda Triangle is you know it's plain, plain it's it's heavily tra- traveled. to big, vast area. Things happen out there, you know.
2: Yeah, and I, I'm not going to say. Um, you know debunked or anything like that because it's just a it's a weird place a lot of weird stories man for sure and uh i think
3: when dealing with things that are kind of unexplained like you know flight 19 which to this day is you know we we, we speculate but we don't know exactly what happened no even if there's a uh, little bit of room for questioning um our imaginations tend to kind of take it and run like in wild places with it, you know what yeah. i mean yep um, you know, especially like, they're like, we can't find it. Oh my gosh. Maybe they went to an interdimensional portal. Like, right. you know what I mean? Right, like, right. it's just, I'm going to jump and, into a serious And granted, there, That's yeah. like what we talk about here in mysterious world, but we also like to kind of keep it real too. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think like the most likely thing is they, they went way off course. They ran out of gas, hit the ocean, yeah. boom, done. And yeah. they, and just because of where they were, they, they just weren't able to find it. Right. right. Th- those planes are still I out mean, there in the bottom of the ocean somewhere. I,
2: probably yeah, yeah. I, well i mean yes most likely yeah i mean i, I don't i don't know where else they'd go yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: another dimension
2: unless they went to another dimension mm-hmm. and then maybe they'll return and we'll we'll know the truth
3: yeah. highly unlikely
2: uh, highly unlikely
3: yeah you're about to take you're about to take a trip yourself I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah yeah so next next week um uh we're, we're we're we'll we've got an episode coming out next week but uh, we uh, we actually just recorded it a few minutes ago, and uh, it'll air while Keith is away.
2: Yeah, just a little something. Uh, a yeah. little uh,
3: something. We're gonna talk, uh, get into the season with some G-M-L Christmas. Too. Yeah, some Christmas movies. Um, and then after that, we're coming back with the big Christmas special, and we're gonna have the full Not cast. Big. We'll have uh, Comic Man, Uncle Chuck. Christmas special. We'll do it. We'll do another AI Theater presents. It'll be it'll be a whole thing. I'm looking, yeah, yeah,
2: I'm, it'll be a big show. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, I am too. It's going to be fun, man. Yeah. Well,
3: let's, uh, let's go ahead and pack it up for today. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next week for Zoomundo Podcast. Pod? Yeah. Gosh, I'm tired.
0: For Zoomundo <laughs> Podcast,
3: I'm Doolin. And I'm Keith. And have a Zoomundus week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. Yeah. The Bermuda
2: Triangle. That's such a weird thing. A
3: mystery as old as... The 1940s. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, doesn't even go back that far.
2: No, it's kind of newer. I mean, I guess I remember
3: like, like they would do ep- like Ducktales and stuff. Would oh do, yeah, uh, yeah. Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo Triangle.
2: Um, it was funny. Oh, it's good shows. Like, yeah, I watched it. X Files probably had something on that. Uh, oh, did X Files do it? Yeah, I'm sure they did. Yeah, That's fun.